Hello, and welcome to the Wine Isle. Today, we are um, here with uh, myself, Kristen Lindquist. I'm the wine buyer for the North Coast Co-op, and I'm here with Jen Curry again. She's my co-host and um, wine knowledge extraordinaire. I always turn to her whether she wants to to turn to her or not for some expertise, but she's been in the business a lot longer. She's sold wine. She's... uh, been in uh, restaurants, um, and yes, she has drunk a lot of wine, as have I, but I came to it when I was 40. I bet you started a little bit earlier. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we have a big uh, holiday coming up, New Year's Eve. A lot of people like to drink sparkling wine on New Year's Eve, and so we're going to talk to you about sparkling wine from all over the world. Um, Lots of people come up to me and ask for champagne, but... It's not champagne. What? It, we, it's only champagne if... It's from Champagne, France. There you go. Uh, so yeah, let's get into it. We'll start, let's start at the low end. If you're looking for sparkling wine because you want to make mimosas or um, what's another cocktail? Oh, Bellinis, Bellinis, right? yes. Champagne cocktails champagne with the bitters cocktails. and the sugar cube. Yep. Um, what's the other one? Oh, when I was in France as a 20-year-old, everyone was drinking Cure Royale. Cure Royale. Which is cassis, which is current, current liqueur added to sparkling wine. And if it's just a Cure, I learned this recently, you add it to still wine. I'm like, well, that's boring. Who wants still wine? I want it sparkling. Um, and I was going to tell you about the first time I had sparkling wine, which was as a high school graduate, um, high school graduation party. And man, the bubbles were so much fun. And I kept drinking and drinking and found myself worshiping the porcelain god. And that's when I realized I was drunk. And someone was like, oh, you got drunk on champagne. But of course, it was not champagne. They were not handing out Rotorer Brut champagne to us. 18 year olds it was sparkling wine um which leads me to let's talk about the different places that sparkling wine comes from where's your favorite sparkling wine from well duh champagne yeah yeah and what's special about champagne is they do call it the Method Champenois, which was supposedly attributed to Dom Perignon. Ah. And the reason they were able to do that in his age was that they came up with a bottle, a thicker bottle mm. with a thick bottom and a punt, which is that traditional indentation in the bottle of a champagne because it could withstand the pressure of the oh. secondary fermentation in the bottle. It could withstand the bubbles. And supposedly, once this glass was developed and it was a happy accident, Dom Perignon said, my word, I'm drinking stars. Oh. Yay. So yes. champagne is pretty special. It really it is. is. It is. And it's ancient and it's just wonderful. But it takes a lot of time. It's a lot of hard words. So Method Champagne is definitely the premier method. And they do use this method in California and all over the world. And so, you know, you could see, no, not Prosecco, but you could see Cava and you could see Scharfenberger. And they will say Method Champagne. And that means it's made like champagne, but not in champagne. Right. And what the term means is it's traditional method. Um, Secondary fermentation happens inside the bottle. So they harvest the grapes really young, super high acid. You would not want to drink this wine on its own because it has that electricity, that vibrancy, you know, and it's never going to see any oak. It's just totally different. The wine spends time aging on its lees, its dead yeast cells. Right. In, yep. And, and what does the, that do to it? It impacts aromas, flavor, and texture. Right. Lees, batonnage, the lees, you can imagine. 
That makes it such a soft mouthfeel. That's a, I love that when stuff has been aged on the leaves. It just makes your mouth feel full and luscious and all those kind of words come to mind. Yeah, you get those notes of brioche and nuts, the soft and creamy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, they involve time-consuming processes. Then you have to riddle the bottle. You have to turn them a quarter turn oh, yeah. uh, once a week for weeks to just keep it moving, to keep, keep it alive, to rotating. keep the yeast happy yep. and alive. Mm. And then they finally, they finally disgorge. And so all of this time depends on, it makes it higher price point. It right. just does. Right. They give it a little tiny bit of sugar. Yeah. They put a cork back on it and then it finishes in the bottle. So faster and cheaper way is the tank method, which is how they make Prosecco and a lot of Cava and Corbel and, and that kind of stuff. But, you know, it just is, they tank pressurize still wine to make it bubbly. And so it does, it's not like they're adding CO2, it's just the fermentation's happening in the big tanks. Yes. And that's how they get it. Yeah, and it's lighter, it's more fruit forward, they just don't spend time on the lees, and they're released immediately after bottling. Right, So there's something out there for everybody. There is. And I was going to say, actually, my favorite sparkling for a long time, I still think it is, um, is a Cava Rosé. Cava is from Spain. Cava is the Spanish um, sparkling, and that can cost anywhere from $7 a bottle to $25, i am sure there's more expensive bottles that are in Spain, but that's all that gets imported over here. Yeah, there is expensive cava. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. Vintage cava. Right. And it's made from specific grapes. Absolutely. The grapes that are made, champagne, are made out of are only Pinot Noir, Chardonnay, Pinot Meunier. And... Whereas Cava, ooh, I'm going to get some of these, Macabeo, mm-hmm. Zarello, and Viura. And Perilata. Mm-hmm. And Perilata. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Kind of a field blend. We know people, right. what, what grows there. Right, exactly. And they just took that, and it comes from a very specific region in Spain. That's why they can call it Cava. Um, it's usually very dry. Um, it's not going to have sweetness. Whereas Prosecco, Prosecco, everybody now knows Prosecco, right? Because that's Italian answer to sparkling wine. But Italy has a lot of other sparkling wines. Um, and it's funny because my best seller right now in both stores is this beautiful pink bottle that's got um, like it's got a diamond surface that's like this cut glass surface. It's a rosé. It's super dry. And it says Spumante on it. And oh my goodness, how many people have come up to me going, is that sweet? No. Spumante just means sparkling or effervescent in Italian. Um, but in the 70s, Spumante d'Asti, Spumante d'Asti was everywhere. And it was sweet and kind of plonk. Not really that great. Um but for whatever reason, everyone associates Spumante now with sweet sparkling. But what are the other, I'm going to throw the ball at you, what are the other sweet sparkling wines that are out there, um, the Italians? Lambrusco. Lambrusco. Brichetto. Right. For sure, from the north. Mm-hmm. And it's red. It's and not it's white. It's spicy and red. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great with smoked meats. Great with food. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Picnic wine, Lambrusco. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And it's only, it's semi-sweet. It's definitely not... Um, Super sweet. Whereas Moscato is for what I think of as new wine people. They want to try some alcohol. They think they're interested in wine. Moscato is definitely sweet. But it's also can be sold as a still wine. Correct. Right? Um, Yeah. The wine labels can be confusing. There's extra brut, which is the driest style of sparkling wine. The brut, most popular. Dry, but still there's a nice fruit background. 
extra dry is actually sweeter than dry, believe it or not. <laughs> and then there's demi-sec, which you would expect to have, you know, a fair amount of dessert sweetness. Right, which means medium dry yeah. in French. Um, so I know you love champagne. I love champagne. <laughs> You gave me some champagne last year, which was such a sweet gift. Um, and I remember my sister and I opened it, and she loves wine too. And her first thing, thought, word that came out of her mouth was brioche. Mm -hmm. It's brioche. Yeah. And it does. It yeah. smells like it. Um, the other thing to look for in sparkling wine is those teeny tiny bubbles. And I know there's a special word for it, which I don't quite remember what it is. Um, it's something, anyway. We should know that. We'll have to go look that up. Um, see, your wine experts don't know everything. There's, no. <laughs> you will never know any, everything about wine. Even those wine experts out there will tell you it is lifetimes of learning. The bead. I mean, people call it the, the bead, bead quite yeah, often. I've heard something it else. referred to. Oh, mm -hmm. And old, it. you know, you can age champagne and that bead, uh, it falls apart. It becomes really, really soft and plush. And it starts to taste more like still wine. But it's still so much fun to taste that sort of time capsule. Mm. I've had very mm. old champagne that had hardly any bead, but it's still, it just tasted so delicious. How old? How old? Uh, you know, people will age it for, uh, old champagne goes for a lot of money because it's a vintage. It, like I said, it's sort mm. of a time capsule. It's a time and place and people want to have it for the year that their child was born or what have you. Oh, and you just appreciate it in a different way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and most people think champagne is white, of course, but we do mm -hmm. have rosé champagne. Yeah. Um, in fact, I brought one in that's in both stores, and I will admit it's because of Hotel California. And that line about having pink champagne on ice, <laughs> which I've always wanted. I wanted to have actual pink champagne. Um, so... What is it that makes the champagne pink? They can do it one of two ways. So they can expose, they can let the, the grape skin do it naturally. You know, you would want to press it off immediately if you don't want any color. So, mm. you know, a lot of champagnes are 75% Pinot Noir, but they're completely clear because they just pulled it right off the skin. They didn't right. press it all. Or you can let them stay on the skin overnight sometimes even is all oh. it takes to get some blush. And there's other method where they call saignet. And what they do is they actually add still Pinot. Oh, and they can control that a little more than they can, which is the skins. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have uh, the one that you bought is Sanye. Right. And they can they can go all sorts of levels of deep depth that way. You know, mm -hmm. they can say, hey, I just would like to give this a little more kick and add a little more depending on what they're working with. Depending. Right. Mm -hmm. So more color, more flavor. Um. Yep, absolutely. Um, some people think it's more food friendly. It's more expensive. Rosé champagne is always more expensive for whatever reason. And uh, different strokes for different folks. I like it all. You know, it right. Just, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I just, I mean... We have to admit, you fall for appearances. It's just pretty. It is so pretty. Um, and on that note, uh, we're going to take a quick break uh, for a word from North Coast Co-op. The Wine Isle is the official wine cast of North Coast Co-op, your local, member-owned grocery co-op, where everyone is welcome. Welcome back to the Wine Isle. So in the break, Jen and I were talking about prices 
Because that's always on your mind and you're in a grocery store, so you're not expecting to spend too much. But um, we'd like to give you some recommendations about why you should spend a little bit more. Um, And we'll give you different price brackets for that. Um, But something to look for when you are going to spend a little bit more. It can be intimidating staring at a wall of wine. You know, where do you start? And we talked a little bit in the first episode. Take a look, you know, choose carefully, turn the bottle around. Obviously, the label is going to attract you, first of all, and the packaging. It I does. mean, there's no way around it. Yeah. People spend a lot of time and money and effort, and they should. Right. Right? Yep. Look, sell. Yep. But pick it up, turn it around, and make sure there's something behind that. And we talked in the first episode about grown, produced, and bottled by. And that means it was from vineyard to the shelf by one person. And that means a lot. It means that they're going to stand behind that. And it was intentional. And it's just a well-made. Usually, that means it's a really well-made product. Uh, You can see a lot of times all you'll see is bottled by. And that can mean that they simply bought somebody else's juice that they weren't happy with that didn't work. They bought it for nothing. They put it in a bottle, slapped a label on it, and boom, there it is. And, you know, sometimes you can find bargains. No problem, of course. But if you're going to spend money, you should try to spend between 10 and $15 if you can. And you'll really up your game yeah. in that price point. Yeah. You'll really, really up your game. Right. And I have plenty in both stores. There's plenty of sparkling wine that I sell a lot of that ranges. Like I said, there's a $7 cava. If you are making mimosas, great. Buy that because you're going to lose a lot of that flavor. You're just getting sparkle and alcohol when you buy that $7 bottle. And it's totally fine. You can even have it straight without juice in it, like orange juice or Bellinis if you're making something like that. But if you really want to taste the sparkle, um, I tell people, you know, I always ask how much you want to spend. If you're going to spend $20 on sparkling, um, I point them towards... um, What's the wine that you sell me so much of? Scharfenberger. 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 Thank you. Scharfenberger. Um, Whether it's uh, the Brut, the Cremant. Right. So um, I actually don't always remember what Cremant means. It means just a tiny difference in the PSI. In the bubbles, so it's just a little bit of a softer bubble. It's not quite as effervescent. It's a very old school um, style that you don't see every day anymore. And uh, Scharfenberger has been with us forever, as we all know. Uh, They were bought by Roterer Mm. about 15 years ago, and it was a very happy marriage. They were neighbors anyway, Mm. and Roterer is owned and run by the French Louis Roterer family, and they make that wine just like they do Louis Roterer. They're completely biodynamic. They're all estate. It's such a high-quality sparkling wine. Mm. Uh, The only difference with Scharfenberger is that they do supplement from grapes with their neighbors occasionally when Mm. they have small clops. But made by the exact same people in the exact same style with the exact same care. Right, yeah. right. And so there's Roterer California and there's Roterer Champagne. Louis Roterer, who is and the last family-owned estate in a grand estate in Champagne. They've been there since 1242. And they just had their 242nd consecutive harvest. 246 mm-hmm. consecutive mm-hmm. harvests. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not sure. Is the U.S. even that old? Right, right. <laughs> I mean, it's really amazing mm-hmm. when you think about that. Mm-hmm. Just like, 
talk about climate change. I mean, like how much has happened? How many wars? Two war, I know how wars. Many, world wars. Mm-hmm. But that area has gone through so many wars in mm-hmm. France. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not to mention, but that's. I mean, that's just so impressive. And of course, the knowledge that gets passed down. You know, that people learn how to. It's perfected. It's mm-hmm. really perfected. And something I didn't know is that crystal is produced by rotorer as yeah, well. Is. So even though I do not carry Cristal, um, there's too many other places that sell it that can sell it for a better price than I can. Um, And what I really do try to focus on, um, because I'm a grocery store, and I try to bring in stuff that's not going to be found anywhere else, if possible. It's not completely exclusive all the time, but I do try to support the smaller growers, um, the sustainable growers, that's really what I want to support. Um, I have a Blanc de Noir champagne, um, which is only $34 on the shelf, which for champagne is a really good price. Um, and that means that it's only Pinot Noir and Pinot Meunier. There's no Chardonnay. And then if you see a Blanc de Blanc, that means it's 100% Chardonnay. And their taste is, they're very different. They're going to definitely taste very different. Um, and... I was going to mention, um, uh, so let's go back to the the $20 and under. The Cremant that I have is from Alsace, and it's by Alman Lonier. Uh, it's a rosé, a super dry rosé, a little bit of strawberry on the nose and palate, um, but definitely there's softer bubbles. Softer um, bubbles. And people love it. They really love it. And it reminds me of another Cremant that I have that's from Limou, L-I-M-O-U-X, which is a part of, um, it's south of Champagne. It's supposedly where um, the first sparkling wine was created. Um, And we're going to get around to that because we haven't even mentioned Pet Nats. Pet Nats, we will come back to that. But uh, Limou, um, Cremant de Limou, is a, it's softer, it's on the lees, um, it's generally much better priced. Um, I have one right now for $16. i am bringing another one in that's going to be at 17 and they claim to be the first producer of Cremant de Limou. Um, these are white sparklers from France, um, under $20, fantastic. So you don't really have to spend 35 to 50 and above if you want to get a really nice sparkling wine for New Year's Eve. Um, however, if you do, I definitely have, um, I've got a Blanc de Blanc, which is $50 on the shelf. Um, and I have another um, Reserve Brut that's about I think it's $54 on the shelf. So if you're willing to spend that more and you really want the champagne experience, you can get that. All right, let's come back to Pet Nats. The cool kids are drinking Pet Nats. Yeah, they are. So Pet Nat, which is this word that nobody likes to say, which is why we say Pet Nat, is Petillant Natural. Petillant Natural. Naturally sparkling. Naturally sparkling. They just put juice in a bottle, they put a bottle cap on top of it, and they let it ferment. And these babies are really interesting if you're in for interesting wines. They quite often have this trademark sour lemonade taste, right? Well, I've had them. I've had pet nuts that tasted just as clean and as refined as champagne. It just really depends. I think that um, things sort of went off the rails and it became a sort of a shortcut to making a method 
jumping. Right. And uh, folks, I think it probably was something that started in the fields where they just made fun effervescent wines from themselves and then they became commercially viable and then they became hips. And now there's a lot of weird pet nut out there. There's a yeah, lot people of weird are riding pet the train out there. For sure. Yep. But yeah, yep. it's just a wine that they bottle during initial fermentation and the sugars from the grapes provide the bubbles. And they don't put in extra yeast. Yeah, it usually has a crown cap. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's just mm-hmm. in a bottle, so you can always see that. It's not going to have that cage on top. Um, be very careful when you open them. They oh, just yes. They can be very unstable. They can really explode, truly. But there's delicious pet nat, and it is fun. It's rustic. Uh, it's just, it's for people that like to explore. And I, I mm. take my hat off to people that are constantly learning and moving and trying new things because, you know, you don't want to get stuck in a room. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it's all part of this new natural wine movement. It's very natural. Which actually started in France, I'm going to say, or it definitely oh, was popularized for sure. there. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, just yeah. back to the earth, of course. Right. Yeah. And right now I've got one that's actually Spanish um, and it's a great price. I think it's only 17 on the shelf. And then I have a California one that's 100% Chardonnay, which is just like you described. I mean, it's clean, it's crisp, um, it's fantastic bubbles, uh, easy drinking. Uh, I'm going to say it's 25 on the shelf and it's called Olielu which I thought was a really fun name. Oh, and I do have another sparkling Albarino, which is from California. That's a fantastic one. Oh, wine. that one. And that's a name that I definitely can't pronounce. But Los Chuchakis. Los Chuchakis. Which means uh, it's a South American term for sort of being perpetually hungover and you walk sideways. <laughs> and, you know, it's like we all have one in our village and um, apparently the winemakers identified with that. <laughs> so I love, love that. that. I love that. That's right. That's right. You had too much bubbles and you're like, oh, that was so good. I can't stop. Yeah. And that's another fun thing about pet nats is Albarino, any kind of grape, you know, whereas traditional sparkling wines are made with sort of a small group of traditional. They'll make pet nat out of anything. Right. Right. It's a ton of fun. Yeah. And like you said, it's almost like a field blend where you just pop it in and we're just going to see where this juice takes us. Mm -hmm. You need a bottle. Never know. Exactly. Open minds. Right. Right. And uh, we did have a local producer who was making one for a while. And my God, I would warn people when they bought it. I was like, you got to open carefully. You got to open it just like a little crack at a time and let out some of that air. Otherwise, you're going to lose your bottle. Absolutely. Like half the bottle will go up in smoke. So, you know, if you're one of those people who likes to spray champagne, go buy a pet nat. Yeah. Um, And you're willing to lose half of it. Mm -hmm. Um, So, um, but I'm trying to think of... um, So, your favorites that are out there sparkling-wise? It depends on who I'm with and what I'm eating and what I'm doing. Um, I just... You're just so easygoing. I am. I, you know, that's why I'm good at my job because I, I do. I like it all. I really right? do. I don't. I, I always say there's no yum or yuck in this business. Right. Because your yum might be my yuck, but we just, you know, we keep an open mind and we try new things. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. depends on time and place. And, you know, your moods change and right. you move on, you evolve. I don't always grab the same thing. Yeah, I, I can say, I'm not sure I can say I get in ruts, but I have favorites. I mean, I do this with music, I do this with food, and I definitely, for wine, for me, for a long time, was the low part rosé cava. Mm-hmm. Uh, great price, $24. Just, um, it has um, Mouvedre in it, which is kind of unusual for a sparkling wine. Um, that's usually a much heavier red that you find in um, Cote de Rhone's. It's what Bandol red is made of um, from France, but it's got minerality 
really, um, it's even got a hint of licorice and that either turns people off or that totally pulls them in. And for me, I just love that minerality, a little bit of black licorice, um, wonderful bubbles. You know, it's really hard for me not to drink a whole bottle all at once. And I got to be careful not to do that. But maybe I'll treat myself for New Year's. Um, I've had good champagne open in the fridge, you know, with the the, the good capper yep. that I actually sort of forgot about for half moment. And like most good wine, really well-made wine, it blooms. The flavor did bloom. Mm. Like I forgot a Magnum of Boulanger and it was there for a week and it tasted amazing. Amazing. Wow. So, you know. Open a few bottles. Let right? them let them let them let, let them do their thing. Let yeah. them stretch out for you and, yeah. and see where it goes. Yeah. Oh, that's definitely something we'll have to talk about at some point. Is when you open a bottle, how it changes over time. That's really fun to to follow and explore. Well, that does conclude today's episode. I want to thank everyone for listening to us. Um, if you're interested in the wines we've mentioned, please come visit our wine department at either of our two stores located at 811 I Street in Arcata and 25 4th Street in Eureka. Um, our wines will also be mentioned in the show notes uh, if you want to notice them there. Please follow us, North Coast Co-op, on Facebook and Instagram or visit us at northcoast.coop backslash wine. And if you'd like weekly updates on what's new in our wine section, sign up for our wine email list. Each week, we'll be sending out an update on what's new on the shelf and what's on sale. It's super helpful if you like trying new things. So if you want to sign up, please visit northcoast.coop backslash wine. And thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. Ciao.